Welcome to the Royal Meteorological Society's podcast. Uh, my name is Caroline. I'm doing climate science communication for the Society and I'm here with Liz. Yep, so I'm Liz Bentley, Chief Executive here at the Society. And our topic today is how a weather forecast made history. So we have a lot of media interest at the moment around the 75th anniversary of the D-Day landings. And they happened at the 6th of June 1944. And D-Day is known to, to be the beginning of the end of the Second World War. So it was the Allied invasion of the Normandy with the ultimate goal to free Europe from Nazi Germany. And the D in day actually stands for only day. So one didn't know um, on which day this operation was taking place and weather played a really important role in this. Liz, could you tell us uh, why weather was such an important issue? Well, so this was June 1944, and June, I guess, we hope that the weather is, is going to be reasonable across uh, the UK and across the Channel into, into the continent. But uh, June 1944 was actually a really unsettled month. There were areas of low pressure, quite deep areas of low pressure, tracking in from the Atlantic. And so it made it very difficult for forecasters to to decide on which day they wanted to uh, to do the D-Day landings. And there were, I guess there were two windows of opportunity during uh, June 1944, not so much to do with the meteorological conditions, but the, the other conditions that may help uh, a crossing during nighttime. So for example, we were looking for full moon conditions, so some illumination at nighttime, and also for low tide or relatively low tide, so it would open up uh, an opportunity to see any mines or any barriers that were put in place to prevent the landings. Uh, and there were only two windows of opportunity, one near the beginning of June, so around the 5th and 6th of June, and then a second window uh, later on in June, around the 17th to the 20th of June. But June itself, as I say, was particularly stormy, so trying to find even a 24-hour window of opportunity was very difficult and there were forecasters involved uh, in, in making those predictions and one of those forecasters was Captain James Stack. When we think ab about the forecasting back in the days, how, how can, can I imagine how did that take place and how is it perhaps different um, to today? Yeah, so let's go back to 1944. No supercomputing models to give us predictions of the weather going forward, no satellite data, no radars, particularly no radars used for meteorology. Uh, it was really down to basics, so some surface observations or sea observations, so people manually taking observations of the weather, and a weather forecaster drawing up a synoptic chart, so areas of low and high pressure and the isobars that, that circulate around these areas of low and high pressure and weather fronts, just looking at surface observations. Now, we were in the middle of World War II, so this, uh, these observations, this data was confidential, and so they were being transmitted but encrypted and had to be decoded at the other end to be used. And if you look at charts that the Allied forces had, then the information, there was no weather information coming from, say, Germany or Central Europe. There were a few observations coming out of France because of people working for the resistance, taking some observations, quite a few over the UK, and some out in the Atlantic. Atlantic. And that was purely what it was based on. So a forecaster would hand draw these charts. I mean, beautiful charts, they are hand drawn up. And then try and use different tools to predict where the high and low pressure systems would move. So 
you're looking at where surface pressure is rising and falling. You can look at the geostrophic wind to speed to, to uh, estimate the speed of movement of fronts, for example. But it really takes you back to basics. And I guess the data that the Allied forces had would have been different from the data that the Germans would have had because the observations that we were able to see were probably different places and different observations than maybe the Germans would have had. So probably maybe two slightly different synoptic charts were drawn depending on the difference in data between the Allied forces information and the, the German forces. Yeah, so were the Germans able to see the same thing um, that Stack was seeing at the time? Well, what's interesting is we, we it was a very unsettled period at the beginning of June. So while these forecasts were being made, the conditions across uh, the UK, across the English Channel, across uh, the near continent were very stormy. So very windy, lots of heavy rain. Uh, and Stag actually noticed just one ship observation about 600 miles to the west of Ireland. Uh, on this was on the 4th of June, so a couple of days before D-Day, and there was one observation that was actually showing a rise in surface air pressure. And that rise indicated to Stag the potential for a small ridge of high pressure that may build and help to just settle the weather down. And I suspect that the German forces didn't have that one observation. As I say, they were probably looking at different sets of data that they were able to access. And it was probably that one observation that really started to lead to the potential window of opportunity. Now, Stag wasn't alone in producing the forecast. He worked within a team. He was representing the British Royal Air Force. He was a group captain and the kind of lead chief meteorologist at the time. But there were different teams of forecasters working for the Allied forces, some from the US, some from the Royal Navy. And each of them would probably have had a slightly different uh, opinion on what the forecast might be. So Stag definitely needed to kind of consult with the other teams and, and I guess persuade the other teams to, to recognise the importance of this one observation uh, out to the west of the UK. So is it known whether they agreed at the time on the forecast or who was the one taking the decision in the end? So I think there was quite a lot of disagreement around this time and um, you know, it, it, I think it, it even Stag probably to a certain extent wasn't overly confident in this one observation. Sometimes you get spurious observations that can come in. And it was on the morning of the 5th of June when the forecasters met again with General Eisenhower, who was the supreme commander during this Allied force campaign to, to do the D-Day landings, that I think further evidence was starting to come into play. So I think it certainly it, it was it gave confidence to the forecasters and and confidence to Eisenhower that this potential window, this small ridge of high pressure may settle uh, overnight on the 5th and into the morning of the 6th, just enough to settle the weather conditions down. Because really, we were looking for uh, conditions of relatively clear skies so the paratroopers could land in Normandy and to uh, see enough of the wind to drop away so that the swell across uh, and the wave height across the channel was, was not too bad. I mean, I don't think conditions were perfect by any means, but certainly there was a drop in the, uh, in the wind strength to help with those conditions but it was still a choppy crossing and I'm almost certain you know those people uh, crossing on the boats would have struggled a number of them struggled with seasickness because it was by no means perfect conditions. We actually have a weather chart here at the society and we're looking at it right now mm. and we, we can see 
the lines that were drawn on it. And there's actually a letter that Stack wrote to Eisenhower later about the second window of opportunity later in June. And there's a there's a little note uh, written from Eisenhower. Mm. Um, I'm unable to read it right now. What mm. does it say? Yeah, so, so the letter was written by Stag, a typed letter. And as you say, it was that second window of opportunity. So if they decided not to go on the 6th of June, they'd have been looking and hoping that that second window later in, in the month would provide an opportunity. And actually, it was continued to be stormy throughout June. So the letter states, you know, the winds were still force five and force six up the channel, so they would have certainly not been able to go. And there's a little handwritten note, as you say, by Eisenhower in the top right-hand corner, just saying, thank the gods of war we went when we did, because, you know, they would have lost another opportunity to go if they hadn't have gone on the sixth. I suppose the effect of surprise was also quite important. So it was really this weather forecast that made history and allowed the Allied forces to to do the D-Day landings. Yeah, that's right. I think that is another part to the story. As I say, that it was just one observation that I think gave um, you know an inkling that there may be an opportunity to go on the 6th. And I don't believe the German forces had that information and probably looked at the weather conditions outside their window and thought, nobody's going to invade with conditions like this. No one's going to make that crossing across the, the English Channel. So I think the, the, the German forces were probably not as prepared as, as they would have been, weren't expecting there to be any sort of Allied Normandy landings. Um, whereas I think the Allied forces had you know, the upper hand, I guess, because of this forecast. And James Stagg, he later became president of the Royal Meteorological Society in 1959. And he's really well known within the weather community, but actually not so well no known um, in his hometown, um, Dalkeith. And to honor his contributions, there will be a plaque being unveiled in his hometown just on the just on the 75th anniversary of D-Day. So if you want to find out more about Stack and the forecasts around the D-Day landings, just come to our website, amits.org, and we put together different resources, papers and weather that are freely accessible for you right now. And yeah, we hope you enjoyed this podcast and listen to us the next time. Bye. Bye for now. <laughs>